0: What, what what do I want?
1: So I, I'm gonna
2: read I've never read Poetry night rings through.
0: On Monday,
1: April first, we said. <clears throat> really, really far back into the poetry night archives for this one. From 2004, Morris Stegosaurus, one of the first features we ever had at Poetry Night. Um morris stegosaurus this poem is called zero cactus and it's dedicated to jason show green once the last robot wandered alone in a desert the size of god's forgotten underwear drawer and let me tell you the desert is no place for a lonely codependent hemophiliac robot (laughs) who will hug me wondered the last robot certainly not the rattlesnakes They only laugh and slither away like so many cartons of yesterday's milk. And the slippery spiders glide by on the wind faster than a grin off a hanged man's face. In the distance, Coyote cackles. The last robot wants in on the joke, so here it is. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, why the long face? Is it because you're a horse and horses have long faces? Get it? Horse says, my wife left me, asshole. Now pour me a goddamn drink. <laughs> Don't laugh. The last robot doesn't think it's funny. He only likes jokes about moonbeams and the refractory quality of light glowering, glowering through a puddle of slick regret, moist like the underbelly of a salamander. There are cactuses... Sure, but our synthetic compadre tried hugging one once and bled nearly to death. So it was that the last robot contrived to design a new cactus, a cactus made for hugging. It would be a special magic cactus of hugging, not made of prickly spines and needles but rather of softer things, like the finest Bavarian yogurt laced with pulverized oak and pine, pulverized oak and pine, and a divine bevy of exotic cheeses. The last robot labored for countless days on his quasi-succulent progeny, packing the cactus full of all the finest circuitry, programming the cactus with all the knowledge and wisdom at his disposable, mostly limited to video game bosses and subpar American and Norwegian playwrights. When when finally arrived the day to activate his contrivance, the last robot flicked the switch at the cactus's base, stepped timidly, timidly away, and declared, Oh, magic cactus of hugging, I... I, a lonely codependent hemophiliac robot, the last of my kind, have swept restless eons across this trackless waste, this scorched and godless Eternia, in search of a companion to share my endless days. I have modeled you after the mighty Saguaro? Saguaro? It only gets harder after that, too. This this is going to suck. Saguaro, that you might have arms for hugging and packed you full of all manner of good things, that you might be all soft and squishy-like and endowed you with all the most efficient logical matrices and sub-matrices and sub-sub-matrices and paternal... Paternosters, and stereopticons, and mass spectrographic isotopic double diathermal diphonoscopes, all arrayed in a pert subatomic ringlet, plus also woofers and tweeters, and diesel egg beaters, and more miles of coaxial cable that you could lay, than you could lay in a century of coaxial cable laying, all that you might reason and wonder and provide comfort and solace to me in my undying progress through the ages. What say you, oh magic cactus of hugging? Will you offer your creator the first heart cockle warming and soul innervating hug oh pray do but the last robot had aired oh and most gravely for codependence is not love and what is not founded in love cannot give love in return poor robot poor robot indeed For the vile cactus spread wide its arms, and as the last robot hugged it, the magic cactus of torment, for such it was, and such it had always been, hugged back with so crippling a force that the last robot shattered into a thousand metal shards. These, the cactus gingerly plucked from the sand polished and placed deep in his skin fashioning his own terrible spines from the glistening remains of his creator and stood thus bedecked alone at the very center of the endless and uncrossable desert he waited a long time more stegosaurus ladies and gentlemen yeah that's good that's some mighty good clapping poetry, not I'd expect to hear more of it. Would you please welcome our first performer and poet of the evening? Please welcome Christian to the
3: stage. I want to be a lyricist with a single wish every time I reminisce. I kiss lines with the memories of innocence and blow dreams out the corner of my mind. One penny for your thoughts, one quarter at a time, no borders on a line. Ten dreams upon a dime and we find scattered change intertwined. Count our blessings both cursed and divine Throw them in the well, make a wish on a sign Throw them in the sky so high they fly Till the kids joke about what clouds taste like Standing on the corner and their mouths stay wide So that warm ideas find their way inside And I just sigh They wonder why I sing all night Wasting our time as the clouds go by Another nickel short of a long bus ride A long bus ride, a long bus ride Another nickel short of a long bus ride so you coin another word. You may think it seems absurd that the slang that we slur stirs circles in the dirt. Ask the surface what I'm worth. Found a penny on the curb. Words searching for a purpose. There's was a penny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> words searching for a purpose in a servant with a curse. So I'm standing, knuckles up. Would you wish into my cup? Would you drop a couple thoughts, shaking words at the bottom while I'm standing at the stop? Place the copper in the box, the one you're biting to decide if it's worth writing or not. The one unsung that you keep beneath your tongue, thrumming somewhere in your gut, but you hold it with your thumb. I know that you can sing. Can you tell me where I'm from? Shout the words from your lungs. We can watch the sky succumb. So please, keep your head up. Because luck is hard to find. You're the magic I imagine keeping passion alive. I have a lot of dreams, but I'm still too shy. I'm just another nickel short of a long bus ride. Thank you.
1: That is Christian, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Diana to the stage?
0: Ask when a plot must blister more in which only the fresh dead approach a wild ancient secret in that morning after to emerge and reflect every sanctuary and song beneath exotic yellow rose moss above manure. That song is manure. The only approach to a wild nature in secret when beneath an exotic and ancient plot must emerge in every dead stone and fresh moss above a sanctuary after which will never reflect more. Always ask for a full sweet yellow rose bouquet. Thanks.
1: That is Diana, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a hand. Please welcome Robert Lashley to the
0: stage.
2: Um, the Pyru House Thief's Love Ballad. I will make you a garden of hot corner corner petals. I will put them in my crown royal bag. I will search past the weeds, the thickets, the nettles, search past the suckers and their impossible tags and make you a world in stems and in colors beyond reds and blues and handkerchief flags. I will give you my lavenders beyond the hard metals of 45s and concrete and faded do rags for your love creates me and love, love never settles for environment. So I work, I pick them, I snag, I will make you a garden of hard corner petals. I will put them in my crown royal bag. Thank you. I got one more. Yeah. This poem is, is, a, is an edit. Um, it's called Black is the Color of My True Love's Weave. To lead in, black is the color of my true love's weave. Nothing is as permanent as her mini-mart silky. Nothing but the space between her hair and my chest has meaning till the Marriott clock strikes 11. Below the alarm clock, her hair part comes off. In the morning, our artifice is a well-defined lie. The March sun has earned the design of its light by proxy of our movement. Suspensions of metaphor at the salt of her neck linger in the hourglass of the Timex. The clock beeps. Get her hair right. Greyhounds in the afternoon will already have their fee. Without her, time will seem a human error. Distance will serve only qualities of hurt if you don't place in part here correctly. Thank you.
4: That is Robert
1: Lashley, right over there. I'm really excited, everybody. Would you please welcome... Carol McCarthy to our stage.
0: Hi, everybody. I don't know if everybody here knows Jack McCarthy. This was the last love poem that Jack wrote to me. And uh, after he wrote it, he said, I've got a very sad poem. (laughs) I don't know when you want to hear it. So I did wait a day. But actually, some of you might have heard it. It is on the YouTube. If you just, it's called Repo Man, so you can hear him read it. So um, anyway, here we go. (laughs) Um, Here I love you. After Neruda for Carol. Here I love you. This little house that looks out on the on the pines, where we see wind before we hear it, see eagles, deer, coyotes little house under water before we even moved in. Here my body, so long redoubtable, is redoubling its demands for closing options until one day only one will be left. My body is become the repo man. Here is a harbor, but already I can hear the next great adventure, singing to me from just over the horizon. Here is the sadness of love, even fully realized, and only one will be left here. Jack McCarthy. (laughs) It was written for everybody. (laughs) Everybody can go.
1: That is Carol, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a hand. And keep it going. Would you please welcome Scott to our
5: stage? Thank you. Uh, the poem that I'm going to read is from a friend of mine, uh, Charles Bonesy Jones. He died in uh, November of 2006. Uh, this particular poem was published in an uh, academic journal out of Steiner College. The journal is called a Sisyphus, and each issue of the journal was devoted to exploring a particular aspect of Sisyphus's suffering. Uh, Sisyphus, if you recall, was in Dante's Divine Comedy, The Inferno. He was the god condemned to roll a stone up a hill and it would sort of tremble and fall out of his hands right as soon as he got to the very top. And then he would have to go back down and carry it all the way back up again. Um, the, uh, theme of this particular issue of Sisyphus was how heavy was that stone? And this was, uh, Charles Bonesy Jones's uh, response, poetic response to, uh, how heavy was Sisyphus's stone? You see that man? He's out there in the desert. Wandering round looking for God's grave, he's run out of time. He's lost his mind. He's sold all the soul he had to save, and at the crossroads, he's down to his last bone. There's nothing left for him to say. No hope for tomorrow. The world is full of sorrow, but he falls to his knees and he prays. He does the skeleton waltz. He's down in a hole. He's holding a skull, and he's dancing with a bone. does the skeleton waltz. It's all through his head as he steps, steps so softly through the dead. There's a world full of blood, and there's a world full of tears, and a God who's been forgotten for a thousand years. There's a skull on the table, and a Bible on the floor, and the house is empty. No one believes anymore. I want to burn in the desert. I want to find honey in the cave. I want to step out of my skin and dance on top of my grave. I want to sing with the devil, the song of God's pain. I want to spend my last days with a fire in my brain. Thank you.
1: That's Scott Casey, performing Charles Bunsy Jones keep it going. Please welcome Dwayne.
4: This is entitled "Beat Farmers. You stepped out of the evening light into my arms, thirsty for touch, that comfort of home you discover each time we embrace. You whisper, run away with me tonight. I kissed you, then asked, should we head to the isolation of the desert or the anonymity of the heartland to a far small farm where we could grow beets or purchase a two-bit gas station? I could pump gas while you washed windows in between selling cheap sunglasses and ice-cold soda pop. In the desert... We would raise rattlesnakes. You could learn how to milk their venom, bottle it in small vials, then sell it to tourists who would wear it as a charm. I would learn to fashion boots from their skins and make trinkets from sagebrush. We would become new people, change our last names to Tennyson. We would buy a wire-haired terrier, name him Asta. You would become Myrna and I, Nathaniel. With a girlish giggle, you asked, why not William? I responded, because William becomes Bill, and we want nothing to do with Bill's in our secret life. Five years ago, maybe even four, I could have purchased a ticket on a lifelong excursion with you. Today, I walk a tightrope that will only support me and my memory of us. Our laughter, our warmth, our passion, the way our bodies melted harmoniously as we slept, all those funny songs I made up just for you, Silly little love songs that reminded you of the songs your father sang to your mother back in Omaha, Nebraska. But bills always come due. Maybe in six months, a year, or ten, you would wake up, stare at me, finally understanding the price of our masquerade, then realize The cost of love is more than your pocketbook could bear. Thank you. That is Dwayne.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tom with an H to our stage. Ah, yeah. uh, two poems today. This is my Boynton submission. Northbound train. The rumble of the rhythm of the train rolling north is the constant roar carrying all of last year's controversy the fuel for the fires of Mordor and the diamond dust emanating from the mouths of prophets and money changers, promoting their Savior as our Savior, as the only Savior, the no-others-but-me Savior. But the real Savior, that righteous radical, the one always standing before us, urging us ever onward, is change. A self-elected evolution, not the stagnated revolution of the repetitive rhythm and rumble of a train rolling north. Thank you. That is Tom. There's an H in his name. Give him a hand. Would you please welcome Laura to our stage?
6: I'm going to read a poem called "Spool Up Prayer." The woodpeckers are trying to get into my house. They drill their crisp bills into the chimney, resounding gun. Uh, 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 uh. Fine woodpeckers, you chip at the tin tops while I sink further into my mattress, wondering why you want in. The shoot you're pecking at passes out the smoke from the fire of this place. When I was younger, I knew repeat, like you. In the back of the Volvo station wagon, I said a prayer without ceasing. John, 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 John. My brother cupped his ears and yelled at me to stop. I only liked the way the words spilled out my mouth, so round and strong, how my lips got dry and humming filled my stomach warm as whiskey. How the loop rang like certain notes said over deep sinks resonate. Went like skim purr spokes on bicycle wheels. So if I had a bill to drill out gun us, I'd find the chimney tops to echo. Make it my spool up prayer unceasing Uh, 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 us, like John, like um. Thanks.
1: Is Laura? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Ryler Dustin to the stage? Uh,
7: this is called "Your Your Heart Was Once a Hill." Your heart was once a hill, a big hand. CHISELLED WILD HORSES FROM ITS SIDE. NOW THE HORSES FILL YOU. WHEN THE RAIN sweeps OVER YOUR ROOF AT NIGHT, YOU HEAR THEM SWEEPING TOO. YOU ARE POSSESSED BY THE STRANGE, PROUD BEAUTY OF YOUR PULSE. INSIDE YOUR BODY, IT IS ALWAYS DUSK AND MONTANA. AT NIGHT, WHEN YOU WAKE UP ALONE, YOU ARE TERRIFIED THAT ONE OF THE HORSES IS MISSING. That one of them somehow got away. So you look for it in your body, sometimes in the bodies of others. Somewhere there's a bent tree on the prairie. A horse stands beside it, its mane moving like Arabic. As you come closer, you can faintly see small children dancing around a fire in its chest.
1: That is rather, Dustin. Give him another hand. And with that, that's our show. Let's have a hand for all the poets who read to you this evening. What would you do? Oh, I went to a poetry reading.
4: No, you didn't. No, you didn't.
1: You're so bad What a cute little audience you are I want to put you on the shelf
3: Come back next week